0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Ernie Fuentes, and you're listening to the Cool Ernie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Well, before I get into today's conversation, um, as you guys know, this podcast is unscripted, unrehearsed, unedited. I do it on the fly uh, based on stuff that I hear that's going on in the news, uh, things that some friends of mine are talking about. Um, things that have been mentioned to me that may be controversial, or situations that have happened on a day-to-day basis. And recently, it's gone to the point where, uh, recently, I, I was like, "Well, you know, what do I talk about now? It, it seems like there's it, there's so much repetition right now in the news. You know, COVID still going on; it doesn't seem to go away. The, these variants are still killing people." Um, You know, there's still all kinds of hate in the world and stuff going on with that. And I was just like, you know, what's popping right now? I mean, what's, what's something that's out there that people are talking about that they may or may not understand? And then it came to me. Cuba. That's right, Cuba. In the last few weeks, I've been getting people walking up to me and saying, hey, Ernie. What's going on with Cuba, man? I mean, what's uh, what's happening over there? What's going on? And and you know, before I get even into into this, let, let me throw out this disclaimer, okay? I am a Cuban, uh, from Cuban descent. I was born in the United States at Saint Michael's Hospital in Newark, New Jersey. I'm a hundred percent American. My parents came to this country. Before the revolution. Okay. So they didn't experience the whole situation in Cuba post Fidel. So basically, what I'm going to be talking about today, okay, is opinions from people that I have heard that lived post revolution and also opinions from regular people like you and I on what they seem to believe the situation in Cuba is. And then I'll let you guys decide what you feel the United States should do about Cuba. Right? So let me start by saying this. Everything is jacked up in Cuba. It's been jacked up in Cuba. It's been messed up since since Fidel took over. It's been messed up. It was messed up before Fidel took over. But it's been really messed up after Fidel took over, okay? Um, Americans here in the United States can't even imagine what it is to live in Cuba. I can't imagine what it is to live in Cuba because I've never been subject to those type of human rights violations to not having food to not being able to go up the street and buy anything that I want okay and neither is anyone probably that's listened to listening to this podcast okay even the Cuban even the Cuban Americans that came here as children and and left that even they can't understand because they didn't grow up in that so even they don't understand. The reality is, in order for you to really understand what's happening in Cuba, you had to be somebody who's lived it. You had to be somebody that lived there. That somebody that that went through all that garbage. And to give you an idea why we can't understand the situation in Cuba, it's because we've never been subject to those type of violations we've never been subject to rationing in this country by rationing i'm talking about okay that you go to get a you go to get a a loaf of bread at your local store and the guy says i'm sorry mr fuentes but you've already passed your allocation for the month you're, you and your family only get one loaf of bread for the month, or, or you only can get six eggs for the month for you and your family, or two pieces of meat, okay? This country, we're used to like, hey, we want something, we got it. You go to Seven Eleven, you can go up to your n- neighborhood grocery store. Hell, you can even get Amazon to deliver it right to your doorstep. Not in Cuba. And I'm talking about basic needs. Okay? Like something as simple as razors for men to shave themselves. Oh, okay, here's your uh, your here's your four razors a month that you get. Well, sometimes people ask me, "Well, Ernie, well what happens if you run out of razors or or they get dull?" Well, you're screwed. If you if you run out of razors and you don't have any more, well, then you got to go on the black market. You got to trade, you got to barter, you got to do something in order to get the other razors that you need or whatever it may be. Okay? That's what they live on a daily basis over there in Cuba. That's what's going on. Hell, I I've, I've even seen pictures. Okay? And videos. And when I when you hear this, you're going to flip out. I've even seen pictures and videos of hospital units in Cuba where they have a bucket next to each bed. And let's say you got this laceration on your leg, right? And they're using this towel because, you know, there's no bandages in Cuba. So so they use this towel to contain the blood of the laceration. Well, once that towel gets full of blood where it's red... And they need, what they do is they take the towel off your leg and they dunk it in this bucket and they rinse it out like a mop, right? To get all the blood out. And then they slap that, that towel back on that cut on your leg. I mean, really, are you listening to this? I mean, the worst hospital in the United States, if you just found the worst hospital in the United States, they have bandages and they have sterile equipment. And they they may not have the top of the line stuff, but but at least they got sterile equipment, they got bandages, they got you know suturing tools. I mean, when we hear these sort of things, it's almost like it, 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 we're oblivious as Americans. We really, really are. We're oblivious. And and I and that's one of my things. You know, when I hear somebody complaining about the United States of America, you know, I, I'm like, hey man, if you don't like it here, dude, you can take like a one year vacation in Cuba. You know, just go there and once your 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 money runs out, you're on your own, man. And then, you know, then that's it. You know, good luck to you. You know? And people just don't understand that. They just don't understand. And and, and it's and I could understand why they don't understand it. Because we haven't lived that. Here, no one in this country has lived that. If, if unless you're a Cuban that came to this country fr- and you you lived that in the, in Cuba and then you came here and you were lucky enough to come here and and now you live in the United States, so it's, those are the only people that understand this. Everyone else can be empathetic. I can't say they can't they, they can't be empathetic. Hey, I'm empathetic for them. For anybody that lives in those type of horrors, you know, hey man, I I, I empathize with you. God bless you. But as Americans, we it's hard for us to understand because we've never dealt with that. The only time there was rationing in this country, from what I understand, is during the Second World War. And that's because, not because we didn't have stuff, is because we were making everything to ship over to overseas to help our soldiers. So they were started rationing. But other than that, that I'm aware of, there's never been any other rationing in this country. At least in my lifetime, there has never been rationing. And I was born in 1958. So we, again as Americans, it's very hard for us to, to understand what's going on in Cuba. And we've heard stuff about Cuba in the past, Uh, you know, uh, during the Obama era, Obama opened up, he he tried to open up some kind of relations with Cuba and, and you heard about the, the the cruise lines that were going into Cuba and, and, you know, they were going to start doing a little bit of business, a little business here, a little business there. And, uh, and I have some friends that went to Cuba on cruise lines. Hey, and they, were, yeah, they, they all said, oh, we had a great time. Well, of course you had a great time because you're an American tourist, okay? You're an American tourist. You, you went to a hotel and you want that steak or you want that uh, eggs and, and you can have all that. But that doesn't mean the, the local citizen has that, the local person that lives there, the local townspeople, they don't have none of that. Hell, I'll even take it a step further. I recently found out a few months ago that there are beaches in Cuba that are limited only to tourists, okay? Germans, Americans, whatever, Belgians, that that come over to Cuba, you know, they can visit that beach, Pacific beach, but the locals can't go into that beach. I mean, really? Let's use me as, for example, I live in Tampa. So let's say I went to Clearwater Beach, one of the greatest beaches here in Florida, okay? And all of a sudden, you know, some guy, some armed police officer stopped me and said, hey, sorry, Ernie, but um, you live here and you can't go to this beach. This beach is only for tourists. I'd be like, what? But again, these are things that we can't relate to because we've never been subject to none of those things. We've never been subject to that. Okay. Those those we have a certain even like I said, the worst medical care in the United States, we have at least nothing that can compare to over that to over that. The unsterile and everything. We have the ability to buy food and clothing as we wish. These are things that that just for a long time since the 60s okay the cubans have just not enjoyed they've only gotten things that they've needed occasionally from families here in the united states that have had enough love for them to send them things over there and 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 news flash everybody that there is a multi million dollar business of of companies that all they specialize is shipping things to Cuba. All over Miami, all over Fort Lauderdale, all over New Jersey, New York. That they That's all they do. They ship packages, care packages to Cuba just to help their families over. And these, these companies facilitate this stuff being sent over to Cuba to help them out. Because, because they're, even as much, even as far as medicine. I've run into Cuban families that have said, Oh, you know, I'm 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 trying to buy this penicillin or this certain type of meta, you know, antibiotic. I said, Oh, what well, what are you doing with that? Oh I'm sending it to my mom in Cuba. Well they don't have that over there. And and they're like, No, no. They they said that that I I would have to get if some they, you know, in order for her to have this you'd have to bring it in from somewhere outside of Cuba. That's just crazy. Like I said, that's crazy. Like I said, I can't understand it. I empathize but I can never understand it. I like I said, I've never lived in that type of situation though so I can only I can only empathize. That's all I can do. And and then the the the, the other side of the coin is it, again, so we look at the reality of Cuba right now and then we hear, you know, the Obama era, oh, we're you're know, opening the cruise lines and people hear about Cuba and um, so people that are hearing about Cuba right now, obviously, they're curious. Because what's happening is, well, what's the difference? Well, what's happening now is they're protesting. The Cubans over there have had enough. They're done. They, they're not taking it anymore. Okay? They decided to hit the streets and to fight because they're tired of not having medical care. They're tired of not having food. They're tired of their, the electricity going out for, you know, five, six hours at a time. They're just, they're just done. They're over. So they decided to hit the streets and to protest, which is another thing that is unheard of in Cuba. Because in the past, in the past, while when Fidel was alive, if you protested, there was two things that were going to come out of you protesting, okay? Either A, you were going to be killed, okay, for insurrection against the country, or B, you were going to go to prison for God knows how much many years. You probably weren't getting out until you were like an old man. So, of course, people were very cautious about that. And then let's not talk about the, you know, the the snitches on the block. because was, you know, the snitches all over. A lot of people people don't know this. You know, this is stuff that's been told to me by Cuban family. You know, they're snitches. So what they do is if they hear they they go up and down the block, and let's say they hear some family talking bad about the revolution or about Fidel or about hey, they, they snitched them out. And then you have people showing up at their house, you know, taking them, taking them away. Like we're not used to that here. We don't have that here. Here, people talk bad about whatever they want. You can talk bad about President Biden, you can talk bad about President Trump, you can, you can say whatever you want. And these are, these are rights and privileges that just people don't appreciate in this country, which they don't have over there. But now, they're done. The Cuban people are done. They're over it. They just said, you know, then, we're hitting the streets. And I don't know who started it, but you know what? God bless that person. Because this is what should have happened a long time ago. Now, you may ask yourself, why hasn't this happened a long time ago? Well, it's like I've said in a few of my podcasts. The And, and people, wake up. All you people, and, I, and, and if you want to listen to... If you want to listen to a podcast about guns, you just look at my library. But I'll repeat it again. The common thing that all all dictators and all crappy rulers do when they take over a country is they disarm the country. They disarm the country. Okay? Because a country that cannot fight back has no way of taking its country back. A country that has no arms, that has no weapons, can't take its country back. So for many many years since the 1960s that's been the case. You know, Cubans over there they were all their their arms were taken away, all their weapons were taken away with the exception of I guess some machetes and pitchforks and and hey, they don't have anything to fight back against an army. But you know what? Things are different now. Now they hit the streets and they're using whatever they got and they're fighting. And it got so bad, the demonstrations got so bad, and the, the, the protesting got so bad that that Cuban government had to shut down the internet over there because they were sending images of everything that was going on. And they had to shut it down because of the fact that the Cuban government didn't want the rest of the world to see how jacked up everything is over there and and how, how the people are suffering and how these people are trying to fight for their independence and a better way of life. And then, of course, they didn't wanted them to see that. One of the images I saw was, and I don't know, you know, because nowadays you don't know what to believe on the Internet, but one of the images I saw was that they were holding the American flag. The protesters were actually holding an American flag. So what are they saying with that? You know, what they should have done is they should have held the American flag upside down because that's the international symbol of of emergency and help. But they threw that American flag out. Why? Because they want the Americans to see it. They want the United States to see it. And and, and that's their way of asking for help. And, again, um, what's the Cuban government's response to this? Well, the Cuban government's response is, hey— they shut down the internet. They try to contain everything. Um, there's been reports back and forth of what's going, still going on. I, I heard someone recently told me, which again I can't confirm, because uh, again we don't know. Nobody knows what to believe anymore. But from what I understand what they're doing is they're sequestering family members. So, you know, to, to give you an idea of what that is, is that if they, if they have a belief that you may start protesting in your family, what they do is they go over there and they say, look, we're going to take your daughter, we're going to take your daughter, and we're just going to hold on to her as, as, a, as an insurance policy that you're not going to protest. Because if you protest, then we can't guarantee what will happen to your daughter. I mean, really? See, now, it, it, and yet, again, and then I hear people that that criticize the country that we live in. That's what these people are going through over there. But they've had enough. They're done. And they're not going to take it anymore. They They've crossed that line, a line which I coined many, many years ago, the point of I don't care. The point where you get, where people get where they've just had enough of whatever it may be, their job, their situation, their 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 they just had enough. And they just get to that point where it says, you know what? I don't care what the outcome is. I'm fighting. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run away anymore. I'm not gonna stand still. I'm gonna fight. And that's what these people have gotten to. And from a from a typical Point of view from citizens here in this country, there, there seems to be, there seems to be like really two opinions. Uh, two, two opinions of what should be done with Cuba. I'll go over them both. The first opinion that I hear all, all the time is, Herity man, look, you know what we should do. We should do business with Cuba. We should lift the embargo. We should do business with Cuba, right? And for those of you who don't know, there is an embargo against Cuba. We don't do business with them, okay? We don't import stuff from them. We don't export stuff from them. We don't do business with them, okay? So there's there's a, there's an opinion that says, hey, Ernie, look, look, let's do this. Let's lift the embargo. Let's start importing and exporting with Cuba, right? Uh, that will allow money to come into the country Allow money to come into the government. The government will then use it for the benefit of the people, and they'll get better medical care. They'll get more food, more clothing. There, you know, uh, uh, more buildings will be repaired. Things of that nature, right? That all the things that we do here in, in this country. And for those of you don't who don't understand how this works, okay, a country is like a business. Okay, you have to sell things, your services that your country has and then do business with other countries and you sell your stuff and then you bring money in and 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 that's how you get money to to provide for your citizens and the negative part of that opinion so hey let's open up let's do business with Cuba okay and that'll bring dollars into Cuba and that'll help the people well theoretically Yes, that should, would help the people, right? And those same people that have that opinion say, well, Ernie, you know what? Yeah, Cuba's communist, but hey, China's communist, and we do business with them. We do zillions of dollars with with China, and God knows that China is number one on on the human rights and uh, violations against their own citizens, Okay and we still do business with them. So why don't we just do business with Cuba? Right? Well, history has proven that even when when Cuba has had money coming into their country, <clears throat> it doesn't do anything. They they don't pass that on to their citizens. It 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 doesn't do jack. So so like I said, it, it's not doing anything. And then, so, so where does the money go? So this money that supposedly comes into the country, you know, for whatever, for whatever services, cigars, sugar, whatever it is that, that the Cuban government may or may not provide, where does that money go? Well, it kind of disappears, you know, like I like I always say at the times with government money, it kind of blows away. <sighs> you know, like, where did, hey, where did that money go? Nobody knows. And at the end of the day, the people that are against that opinion opinion number 1 okay they say and what was the end result by us opening up cuba to to business well all we did was we just supported the evil cuban government that's all we did we just gave them money here here's some money here so you can keep so you can keep on torturing your 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 citizens so obviously opinion number 1 Eh. It it the chances of that working are nil to none. It, it just history has proven that it doesn't work. It it it's not gonna change anything in Cuba. They're, the Cuban regime is just gonna pocket the money and they're gonna they're just gonna sit around a table and say, all these stupid Americans just give us money. You know. Then there's opinion number two. Opinion number two is hey. The only way that we're going to get rid of these these communists out of Cuba, and the only way they're going to leave is if we starve them out. If we don't, we keep the blockade on, we don't do business with them. We don't allow people to go to Cuba and visit their families. We don't allow any American dollars to go over there, okay? That's how we're going to get rid of communists in Cuba. Yeah, but that has a dark side, too. The dark side is that you're hurting the people in Cuba. Now you're really hurting them. Because there ain't... The little that they may have gotten, you know... Now they're not even getting that. Even if the the Cuban government would have gotten something from the American government and given them something. Now they're not even getting that because they're totally shut down. So now, there's down the zilch. So... So that, that opinion, eh. And it also has another side too. Just like the first opinion didn't work because the first opinion hasn't worked because you know the Cuban government keeps all the money. They, this goes over there. Well, opinion number two, well, hey, the blockade has been on Cuba for what, since the 60s? And you know what? In the, words of, in the words of Fidel Castro when he was still in power, he said in an interview, he said, countries have come and gone, presidents have come and gone, and I'm still here. So, opinion number one doesn't work, and opinion number two, obviously history has proven that doesn't work either. So what do we do in both situations? The Cuban people are being hurt. No matter which way you look at it, they're being hurt. And neither of them work. But what I haven't... But before I even get to that, then there's the Biden response. Okay? The Biden response... I mean, he gave this response like... It, it was semi-empathetic. You know, hey, uh, blah, 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 blah. All right. Well, I mean that's nice of him—the empathetic response, but um, he really didn't do anything, and he didn't, and he didn't, um, uh, he didn't come out and kind of semi gave any ultimatum to anybody. You know, he just hey, if, you know, great the Cuban people, blah 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 blah. Hey, um, and when I do speak, when I do speak to people that talk to me about, well, you know, Biden needs to go in there and kick some ass, you know, take the American. Well, I hear different opinions for that. And, and, and I hear these opinions because as I said from the beginning, I'm U S born. So, so I'm not a, I'm not a Cuban American. I wasn't born in Cuba. So, so I, I I have no bias. I may have a slight bias because my parents are Cuba, but even my parents weren't born during post-Fidel. So even, they, even if they were alive, they wouldn't understand. They can be empathetic. My mother and father were always empathetic about the situation, especially since the fact that my father could never go back and see his parents in Cuba. He died without seeing his parents after he left Cuba. So he was empathetic, and so was my mother, and so am I. But again, we don't understand because we weren't there post-Fidel. But the opinions that I hear from people that come to me are, well, listen, Ernie, man. The reason Biden doesn't want to do anything is because Biden doesn't want another Puerto Rico. For all of you who don't know, Puerto Rico costs us millions of dollars a year in aid and all kinds of stuff. And it's a country that really we're not getting anything back you know, not enough to cover that debt. So again, that's that's like a credit card that we're paying off. So you know, it's, well, one group of people say, "Look, the reason Biden don't want to do anything, he he doesn't want to he, he doesn't want to acquire, yeah, it'd be nice if Cuba was a commonwealth, but we don't want to we don't want to sign up for another credit card, man. We don't want another credit card debt, you know, another another country like Guam and you know, the United States that that we just send millions and millions of dollars in aid to and we don't, and we're not really seeing anything. Um, and then, you know, the other side, another opinion that I hear that they tell me is like, well, you know, Ernie, there's nothing in Cuba that United States can make money off of. It's not like, it's not like the Middle East where we have to protect the oil that's there because, you know, obviously we run on oil. So there's nothing really there that, you know, it's, we got enough sugar in this country and we got enough cigars and, you know, there's really nothing really there that, that we really need or that the United States feels that they need to protect. Well, what I have to say to that is that it seems like everybody has forgotten their history. Okay. In the 1960s, and for those of you that weren't alive, um I suggest you go on the internet and check it out. It's called the Cuban Missile Crisis in the 1960s when everything was going on with Cuba. The United States had kind of like a hands-off mentality on it. Hey, just let them let them roll, let them do whatever they want and something's going to come out of that and uh, we but we can't get involved. Well, Then when they saw that shit was hitting the fan, then they did a failed invasion called the Bay of Pigs invasion, which was kind of like a half-ass invasion. They really, it just was messed up from the beginning. And then they kind of just said, eh, you know, it's okay. Let Cuba be. Well, then Cuba became friends with the USSR, otherwise known as Russia. And the Russians, they said, hey, we'll help you guys. we love to help you guys. But we just want a little piece of land there so we can put a base and we can put these missiles and point them toward the United States. And then that's the Cuban Missile Crisis. Again, look it up on the Internet. It was a whole problem for President Kennedy. We almost ended up in Third World War if it wasn't that that was negotiated. But um, that was ugly. It was an ugly period. It was, it was, I mean, people were scared. You know, you you have a country that's ninety miles away from us with pointing missiles at us. So at major cities, you know. So here, you know, Russia left Cuba. Decided, hey, you know, we don't need this little penny ass country anymore. We can't have our missiles there. So why are we going to keep on feeding them? So they abandoned Cuba. And now Cuba's going to the same crap that they went then then during the 1960s, right? Bad economic situation. And what do we have? We have an open country, all right? Which any other any one of our enemies can decide, "Hey, let's go to Cuba. Let's cut a deal with these Cuban guys, these Cuban these Cuban communists, and let's put some missiles or whatever or arms or or whatever they want to put on there, facing toward the United States. So we're just, it seems seems that, at least it seems, who knows what's going on, but it seems to me that the whole Biden administration has forgot about this and, you know, has, hey, let's relive the 60s again. Let's wait until one of our enemies uh, uh, decides to go over there. Hey, it doesn't even have to be one of our enemies. It could be one of our frenemies like like China. We do not need China in Cuba. Let me put it let me put it very simply. So for those of you that that are kind of feeling like, "Hey, you know what? That's Cuba's problem. You know, let those people sort themselves out." You know, they it's going to be very hard for them to sort themselves out. They don't have no they don't have the no weapons. Okay, let them sort themselves out. Don't don't be so fast to make judgment. Because I live during the 60s, and I can tell you, it was pretty scary. To know that a country that was 90 miles away, you know, the whole thing with Russia having missiles potentially pointing at, at, at us, you know, we don't need to go through that again. We really don't. So it kind of leaves, where well, what's the solution in Cuba? Well, I've always said, I've always said that you should always do what you're good at doing. If you're good at something, you should just follow that train. And if anything the United States has that they're good at doing is supporting other countries to take over the local government. It's not the first time they've been, it's not their first rodeo. It's not the first time they've done it. They can send, um, what do they call them? Military consultants, quotation marks, over to Cuba. They can supply arms, you know, to the Cubans. Real easy too. Real easy, too, because there's a base in Cuba. <laughs> so, guess what? I mean, we still have Guantanamo base. So, I mean, it it, it kind of wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> I mean, considering our military prowess, it wouldn't be that hard to supply the Cubans with weapons. It really wouldn't. let have some military consultants, quotation marks, train to Cubans on how to take back their country. At that point, I can see at that point say, hey, um, maybe this is, maybe this is the way that we can get around all those other problems and still help the Cuban people. Because, you know, uh, the two other opinions, like I told you, they're both hurting the Cuban people. it's, It's no matter which one you pick. You can pick whatever one you want. It's, it's, it's going to end up at zero. Cuban people are going to end up zero. It's not going to happen. So, you know, if you hear in the news or something like, oh, just kill the embargo, American, the Cubans will do better. Nah, ain't going to happen. You know, the Cubans will still get scraps. You know, they'll still get scraps. But, you know, why does this sort of thing so important to us It's because we have to realize that Cuba is a neighbor of ours, 90 miles away. And you know what? I don't know of anyone that likes to have a crappy neighbor. If anything, you want to have a good neighbor, you want to have somebody that's, hey, that's going to take care of your house when you're away. That's, you know, they might even cut your lawn when you're sick. You know, you want a good neighbor. You know, and Puerto Rico's, hey, you know what? Puerto Rico's close too. And they're a p- commonwealth. You know, it may be costing us a pretty penny, but you know what? They're a good neighbor. They're there when we need them. And if we have to send troops over there tomorrow, hey, guess what? They're, you know, we're good. But here, we're um we're leaving cuba open which happens to be 90 miles away from from our country you know open to another country that may to come in which may not have the united states best interests at heart and um and that country cuba definitely needs the guidance of the united states and I truly believe that that's where President Biden should go to. They should figure this out and say, hey, we need to do this because it's not, it's not the United States helping another country. Now, this is a matter of national security because guess what? We got bit in the ass in the 60s with the same situation. So next time you you hear something about Cuba you know just think about it to say hmm maybe maybe we should be looking at this a little bit deeper and let's not take the the immediate mentality of oh that's just a piece of shit little country in the caribbean let them work out their own problems sometimes it doesn't work out that way you know sometimes sometimes we have to look at national security And and sometimes national security is not limited to the borders of the United States of America. Unfortunately, and it, you know, I say that unfortunately, but that's the reality. You know, sometimes we have to look at our interests, our specific interests that exist in other countries and say, hey, we need to secure a position here in this country because if we don't, somebody a bad neighbor may move in. So um, that's it. You've been listening to the Cool Learning Podcast. Uh, thank you very, very much. If you have any opinions on what I just spoke about about Cuba or if you have any additional information that you'd like me to uh, kind of talk about in the next few podcasts or something that may come out of this, please feel free to email me at thecoolerniepodcast at gmail.com. And um, you can get The Cool Ernie Podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate you listening. See you.